0: I don't know how we're going to be able to treat this whole chapter anyway. You know, the, My goodness. Can I have some, a couple of you guys pass out? Now, I passed these out before, but um, I think there's enough for everybody to have one um, except for the two little girls. <laughs> but uh, do. did everybody get one?
1: Almost. Yeah.
0: Dave's got a few more left.
1: Anyone yeah. else? <laughs> you got one more left. I do. Okay.
0: Okay, let's take a look. Anybody need one? Everybody got one? Okay, we are in chapter six, and it comes in the last section. There's three sections to the to the book of uh, Galatians. Uh, the Apology um, which is basically biographical. It's a vindication of the gospel. Then the argument itself in chapters three and four, which is the exposition of the gospel, and it's basically theological in nature. It's a doctrinal argument, and then we come to chapter five, which is an appeal. It's the the ought of the gospel. it's the application of, of the uh, gospel. It's, it's spiritual. It's practical exhortation. Uh, chapter 5, the Spirit's fruit. And chapter 6, Christ's law. So we're over in chapter 6. And uh, one of the key theme, themes with regard to the law is winning back, erring believers and uh, that's where we start right here in the sixth chapter. Uh, l- let me uh share this with you to begin with. Um, there's a there was a great Bible teacher at uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. His name was Tom Constable. Uh Greg, did you have Tom for any classes, or no, was he there when you were there? He was there. Okay. Uh, Tom Constable has done he has there's a website called soniclight dot com. And Tom has done a commentary on every book of the Bible, and they are they're they top quality. And it's online and you can look at it. Uh, It's free. Wonderful commentary. Tom Tom writes this and he says, Galatians, which in attacking Jewish legalism proclaims the true freedom based on Christ, consequently contains more exhortation, admonition, summons to obey the law of Christ than any other letter, letter. Okay, exhortations, admonitions, and summons to obey the law of Christ. Where would you think we would find that? What section of the three sections of the epistle? The third section, section, right. Uh, So uh, it contains more exhortation, admonition, and summons to obey the law of Christ than any other letter. And to quite a remarkable degree. A third of the whole letter. Is devoted to this. Now, it starts out, and we might as well pass these out now. I've I've taken the sixth chapter here and um, uh, laid it out in a and marked it up in a. Uh, when you get your copy, take a look at it and. Um, See if you can figure out how I've marked this up. There's two different markings. Anybody figure out what the blue markings mean?
1: Action. What's that? Action. What, uh, yep. Action.
0: It, it, their action sure is involved. <coughs> Works. Pardon? Works. Yep. Works. Specifically, what kind of action? Okay. It says restore. What's the next one? Bear. Bear. So what are these? They're commands, right? These are all of the commands uh, that are that are found in, in the uh, in this chapter. And, and how interesting they are. Uh, we could go through those and just uh, spend a lot of time on them, each one. But uh, let's, um, let's do this. Um, what do you think the second, the underlines are? What do you call those? They're connectors. Connectors. Watch when you're reading the scripture for the connectors. They, they, uh, particularly when the word for occurs because for usually means and and alerts you to an explanation in fact I forgot one for go down to verse uh, verse 17 he says for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus so you might want to underline that one I missed that one so that's a connector as well uh the connectors are, are, are important. So what's the first command in this chapter? Restore, restore. restore. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Okay, now what was the trespass of... What is the trespass that he's talking about here? Just any general kind of trespass? There's one man who's written an article in a theological journal and he says that this passage is particularly pertinent to spiritual leaders that have fallen into sin and that can be restored back to fellowship and service and ministry. I'm not sure I agree with that, because I don't think that's what this passage is. I don't think that's what the trespass is talking about. What was the trespass or the transgression of the Galatians? Boy, we had all kinds of answers there. Pardon?
2: Back to the law. Yeah. Falling from grace.
0: Falling from grace.
2: Turning from faith alone in Christ alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what, ha- what have they done in-, in place of that?
2: They're trying to be perfected by the law.
0: Okay, they were trying to be perfected by the law or... Did they? Didn't they actually say you can't be saved without
1: circumcision?
0: Without circumcision, without adding something. So they were adding something to the gospel. Adding something to the gospel. Now, um, some of you may have heard of Kenneth Wiest uh, Wiest uh, writes this, and he says. The Galatian saints who have not been enticed away from grace by the wiles of the Judaizers and who therefore are still living spirit controlled lives are exhorted to restore their brethren who have been led astray back to the life under grace. So. They, they that was the Galatian transgression. They were adding something to the gospel. It was some form of what works, works. Uh, S. Lewis Johnson has uh, written this in his uh, in his uh, message and uh, on Galatians. He says. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, even grace men may fall from the principles of grace. And he continues and said, If a man be overtaken in a fault, I assume that the primary reference of the apostle is to some fault that manifests that he has abandoned the principles of grace. Could I be so bold to say that all over evangelical Christianity today there is this tendency, very subtle, to abandon faith alone in Christ alone by adding by smuggling back into the gospel message human effort in some form or another. In a, uh, in a national conference of the Evangelical Theological Society, a paper was read entitled Faith According to the Apostle James. And in this paper, the author refers to faith with modifiers in the following ways. Counterfeit faith, authentic faith, Spurious faith Imitation faith Nominal faith Passive faith Sluggish faith Intellectual faith Sensual faith Dead faith Traditional faith Demon faith Heart faith Spiritual faith Vital faith Transforming faith Personal faith Orthodox faith Actual faith Real faith Obedient faith Saving faith, efficacious faith, all of those things. What are all of those things? They're some form of works. They are some form of works. James uses the word faith, 16 times in his epistle. Guess how many times he uses the modifier? Not once. I'm not going to tell you who wrote that paper. But don't tell me that there isn't works creeping back into and we need to be on guard with regard to it. I pray that all of you will be spiritual. It says, you which are spiritual, restore such an one. I'll tell you, there, there have been people that have tried to restore the, the author of that, of that paper, and, and uh, it hasn't worked so far. <laughs> so be on your guard, friends, that you don't revert back and add something. And as Percy pointed out this morning, uh, for by grace we have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We are justified justified by faith, and faith alone, in Christ alone. So let's not get sucked back in to uh, anything else. Uh, But... um, (coughs) let's uh let's take a look at these uh, other um, commands here so that's the first the very first and i th- I think it it leads the way into the explanation of uh, all of the rest of uh, what we're uh looking at here in the sixth chapter uh, he says. Uh, You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, There has been a great deal of dialogue in regard to those that are smuggling works in some form or another back into uh, uh, faith alone. Uh, Incidentally, um, what is faith anyway?
2: The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Okay. For by old hope
0: gain approval. Right. Uh, I I think that faith is a persuasion that something is true. Uh, and I base that on on a uh, on a book that was written that has been written by uh, a man who has studied exhaustively. Uh, the uh, word of faith and um, basically I think it's uh, that the heart and the substance of it as he exclaims after his study of it that it's a persuasion that something is true so as it applies to uh, the promise of God uh, in scripture it's uh, The promise that Jesus Christ gives uh, for eternal life. That's the promise of God. Uh, Someday I'm going to finish uh, writing a tract uh, called uh, God's Greatest Promise for Man's Deepest Need. Man's deepest need is to respond properly To eternity, which is in his heart. You know the Scripture says that God has placed eternity in every man's heart. Over in the third chapter of Ecclesiastes. So that God-shaped vacuum that Pascal talked about is really where that eternity is in people's hearts. Every individual. It, it, It. indicates uh, has eternity in their hearts. Every individual will experience eternity. But the question is, where? Where? Um, Jesus Christ promises to give eternal life to everyone who believes that he gives and guarantees that promise. That's the substance as I see it of what is involved in faith. Believing that promise. He says, also, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Now, going back here and taking a look at the word trespass, this this is a... uh, the idea is being overtaken uh, in a, in a trespass. The, the word for overtaken is um, of a runner uh, coming up behind uh, a runner and overtaking him. And um, so it's it's being overtaken by by someone else, and that that uh, is what can easily take place. Um, If we stick to the word and uh, don't try to qualify it or uh, read things into it or advance things upon it, but take it at, at face value for what it says, even though it may be shocking and difficult at times to take it that way, and to be consistent in regard to what we find. Um, the word for trespass actually means to stray out of a path. You've seen signs, no trespassing. What does that mean? Stay out of here. You know? Don't come into here. So, it's the same word. But, uh, Overtaken, straying off of the path. What are we supposed to do according to chapter five? We're to what, with regard to the spirit? Walk. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Don't get, don't stray off of the path of the leading of the spirit. You which are spiritual, restore such an one. Those who hold consistently to. Uh, the true gospel, the gospel that Galatians has, as uh, we've gone through, uh, restore such an one in a spirit of gentleness, spirit of gentleness, no, no need for acrimony, two words, two words. Irenic? What does that word mean? Irenic. Peaceful. Peaceful. Not hostility. We're to be Irenic in our approach to things. Comes from the Greek word for peace, Irene. And we. Get the name, the female name, what? Irene. Irene means peace. Spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. There's a test out there with all of the voices that are uh, going on and saying, oh, yeah, but you need to, uh, your faith needs to be genuine. Hey, I well, I'm not going to get into that about uh, in, in uh in James. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Have you ever looked at the different laws uh, in Scripture? The law of Christ, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, uh, the different laws these these all are related to uh, the work of the Spirit of God as He takes the Word of God as we properly under, uh, interpret it and understand it and apply it to our lives. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So we need to be concerned about the burdens of other people, of others, uh, and, and, and who is this related to? Bear one another's burdens, and that phrase "one another" that's a that's an incredible phase phrase that occurs in the in the Pauline literature. It occurs a hundred times in uh, the New Testament, but in the Apostle Paul's writings it occurs 40 times and this is just one of the occurrences of one another our our fellowship is a one another fellowship and among other things we're to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing he deceives himself If we think we're too good or we're not doing that, bearing one another's burdens, we're deceiving ourselves. But let each one, and here's the second command, third command actually. Let each one, what?
1: Examine
0: his own work. So if we're going to examine anything what it is what is it that we are to examine our works our works what is it that makes faith alive it's works over in James you can write this down as the body without the spirit is what? So faith without works is dead. So what is it that animates and makes faith alive? Works. And it's possible, I believe, for a believer to have a dead faith. Without works, so examine his own work. Examine our works. What are we doing? Then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. We won't need the plaudits and the encouragement and the, and the, the glad hand and the pat on the back and and whatever else it may take. We'll have it on our own. What What are we doing? What are our works? For each one shall bear his own load. So that explains what's good, what the rejoicing will have rejoicing. So we need to be concerned about bearing others' burdens but being preoccupied not preoccupied with our own, our own. Let him now. I'll, I'll be quite frank with you. There, there's things in this chapter that I really don't understand, and verse six is one of them. It says, "Let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches." And the only thing I I've read two opinions on this, and one is that. Uh, One opinion is that this opens the door or gives the opportunity for uh, a uh, a paid spiritual leadership or uh, of some sort, and on the surface it appears to teach teach that. However, I, I also read an opinion by a a Baptist scholar, great Baptist scholar. Who said no? It doesn't refer to that. And so, uh, anyway, it's there. Let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches. So, um, bring Greg a cookie, <laughs> or a book, or uh, something. And uh, anyway. <coughs> If you think of it that way. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh, reach, uh, reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. What a warning. What a warning to keep on the straight and the narrow and walking in the spirit. And let us not grow weary, another command. Don't grow weary weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. What is the due season referring to? When will due season overtake us or we will be part of the due season? Judgment seat of Christ. Pardon?
1: Judgment seat of Christ.
0: That's right. The judgment seat of Christ. For in due season we shall reap. Let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I'm thinking of uh, this verse uh, over in Second um, John. Let's see if we can pull that up here real quick. Second uh, John, chapter two. I plead with you lady not as though I wrote a new commandment to you but that which we have had from the beginning that we love one another. This is the love according to his commandments. Now wait a minute this is not what I'm looking for. Well, let's leave that. Okay. Let's come back to chapter 6. Therefore, first 10, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to how many? Especially to those who are of the household of faith. So doing good even to those who are outside to the unsaved. But especially to those who are of the household of faith. Well that's the first part of this sixth chapter and then uh, verses um, 11 on uh, is the closing section of of the chapter and he writes and he says see with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand so did Paul use a secretary or an amanuensis when he wrote this epistle no he wrote it with his own hand and he says see with what what large letters I have written to you with my own hand this would possibly lead us to believe that the infirmity that the apostle Paul had was in somehow related to what his eyes his vision or something of this nature so with his with his uh, Large scrawling letters, he wrote this epistle to the Galatians. And then he, war- he adds this warning: As many as desire to make good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised. Only, they may not only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised, that they may boast in your flesh. And then this beautiful verse. But God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Many sermons have been preached on that passage of Scripture. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a what? New a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Now that last phrase, the Israel of God. Is, uh, has been the, the subject of a great deal of controversy and questioning. Um, let me tell you that I, I do not think it refers uh, to the church. I think it refers to who? To Israel. To believing Israel. The remnant, so to speak, in this church age. But now let no one trouble me. The last command what is it that would trouble the apostle adding something to faith alone in Christ alone adding something to the gospel adding something to grace for by grace you have been saved through faith for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus did he bear in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus Yes. he sure did didn't he and he says brethren the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit notice in verse 18 um, what the very first word is Brethren. brethren in the Greek New Testament quite literally This verse reads, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren. In other words, brethren comes right at the end of the sentence. Before Amen. So we might say that Brethren, is that the end? Brethren, is actually at the end of the sentence. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren. That's that's literally how it reads. Amen. So, how does the chapter start?
1: Brethren.
0: How does it end? Brethren. brethren, isn't it wonderful what we have? And that includes you ladies too. It's a generic brethren. Generic brethren. The uh, many years ago, uh, General William Booth, who was the founder of what? Salvation Army. Salvation Army was unable to attend one of their international meetings. And as they met, he sent them a one word telegraphic piece of advice. And that one word was Others. Others. Now a commentator comment, commenting upon that reminds us of the fact that in one of the <coughs> columns of uh, Charles Schultz. Who is Charles Schultz?
2: Peanuts.
0: What comic strip?
2: Peanuts.
0: Peanuts. Charles. Schultz. Lucy asks Charlie Brown, inimical Lucy. What are we here for? Or why are we here on the earth? Charlie Brown's Aunt Brown answers, we're here to make others happy. And then Lucy, thinking for a little while, adds, well, why then are the others here? Well, the answer to that is they're here to help make others happy too. And we're able to do that because We are brethren from start to finish of chapter 6 of Galatians. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you have given to us. Help us to be on guard to measure our efforts and works for the Lord Jesus Christ, created in Christ Jesus unto or for the purpose of good works. Help us to animate. And make alive our faith by doing good works. These things we pray now and ask your blessing upon us as we move toward dismissal. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
2: Thank you, Ken. It's interesting that... Um...
0: Oh, by the way, do you know what the punchline of the... Uh, of the prodigal son is think about this and all that I have is yours so which means that someday that younger son is going to be serving me the older son
2: interesting thought some scholars suggest that you know with the prodigal sons it ended well for the younger son Some suggest it did not end well for the older son because of the context. If the older son represented the Pharisees, what did the Pharisees ultimately do to Jesus Christ? They crucified him. Warren Wiersbe says that the great wickedness of legalism and legalistic thought creeping into the church is how it demonstrates or manifests itself in our treatment of others. Bearing one another's burdens versus, as Jesus told the Pharisees and the Levitical legalists, you lay burdens upon others that you're unwilling to care for yourself. So may God help us to bear one another's burdens this week as we conclude now with... Um, of the most famous songs of all time. I'll hail the power of Jesus name. I always appreciated the fact that the writer here uh, was from England and the song was sung before the Queen of England. And just prior to singing the song, she ordered the attendant to remove her crown and lay it down at, on the floor and Reference to the true King Jesus Christ. All hail the power of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the fact that Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And Lord, we think of how your word says that therefore God highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. 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 It glorifies God. To worship Jesus Christ as the Lord of all. See you next week. May the Lord bless.